Hello, church. Uh, thank you for uh, being, uh, being there and uh, watching these videos. I hope that they've been a blessing to you uh, as we continue to bring uh, midweek teaching and um, answering questions that come to the elders. Uh, all these things are new to us to try to, to try to do to stay connected to you. And uh, it's bizarre. This is just uh, a really bizarre time. But it's been a time of, I hope for you uh, as well as for me, a time of reflection and uh, thoughts of God and his sovereignty and, and what, what he's accomplishing and uh, where our, our thoughts are directed uh, during this time, where is our hope placed. Um, and so um, I just want to thank you for uh, being faithful to watch these, uh, these videos. We look forward to, as we keep saying, we look forward to being able to come back together again, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, uh, it's um, not the same, uh, not being able to gather on Sundays and, and fellowship together and singing and, uh, and hearing the preaching and being together during all that. And, uh, we definitely uh, have a longing for that. Uh, when, when you're not allowed to do it for so long, you, uh, you really begin to realize how much uh, it's a big part of our of our life as Christians, uh, and so it makes sense that God would say not to forsake that gathering uh, together. Uh, so, uh, thank you again, and and so today I want to bring another uh, uh, session of teaching to you, um, and I would like to talk about our salvation uh, in Christ, and and another aspect of how God accomplishes uh, salvation in a deeper way. And before I get started, I would like to, to have a word of prayer with you. Father, we thank you again for this day. You are so good. And Lord, as we open up the scriptures, as we see what you've said about salvation, um, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, give us uh, a renewed desire to look at our salvation and to, to ponder it, Lord, um, and to give you praise for what you have done. You are so good and kind and faithful, Lord. Um, what a merciful and gracious God you are. I pray for our church. I pray for all those that are um, part of our fellowship, Lord, that you are meeting their needs, um, whether it be through other believers or whatever means you see fit, Lord. I pray that uh, we all are desiring to be back together again. We thank you, Lord, though, that COVID does not affect our salvation. Uh, it is secure in you. You are keeping it in Christ. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so, like I said, I want to talk about our salvation and hopefully talk about it in a way that is uh, uh, looking at some deeper aspects of our salvation. A couple of weeks ago, I preached a sermon uh, on imputed righteousness uh, from Philippians chapter 3. And I talked about the state of men and women being uh, that of sinfulness and unrighteousness. And that the problem for us is that God requires perfect righteousness um, for anyone that would be saved. And that's a problem because from reading all of Scripture, we come to understand that we cannot be perfectly righteous. We have no ability in ourselves to be righteous. Our, our situation as human beings in that sense is, uh, is really hopeless. Um, perfection is impossible. But the scripture tells us that what is impossible for man is possible with God. Um, and so God does what only God can do. 
since we don't have any righteousness of our own and can't obtain it by keeping the law or, or being good enough, um, we need someone else to be perfectly righteous for us. And that someone else is Jesus Christ, of course. Uh, that is where imputation comes in. Uh, uh, we need Christ's righteousness um, imputed or accounted to us. And God does so freely as a gift apart from works uh, through repentance and faith in Christ's work and, and in Christ's righteousness for all who would believe. But then there is still the problem of the existence of our sin. It's still hanging there. It still hasn't been dealt with uh, if that's where it's left. But since, and since God has said that the wages of sin is death and that his wrath is being poured out uh, in judgment against sin, he could not just ignore our sin. Yes, we receive the righteousness of Christ by faith, but what about our sin? Where, where is it? Well, our sin is, as I said in that sermon, uh, imputed to Christ. He takes on our sin. Um, God put our sin on his own son. He poured out his wrath on his own son. Uh, and his own son died in our place. When we say that we put our faith in Christ for salvation, this is what it means. We are putting our faith in the fact that what Jesus did is sufficient to take care of our sin. We no longer put our faith in ourselves or our own abilities to somehow um, work to obtain righteousness but we put our faith in Christ alone. Without the righteousness of Christ imputed to believing sinners, there is no salvation. And along with the doctrine of imputed righteousness, though there's another doctrine that is often overlooked. It's something that we don't often talk about um, or hear about, but it's absolutely essential uh, to, to our salvation. And that is the doctrine of justification. Our salvation is simple on one level uh, and can be explained by saying that we, we repent and we put our faith in Christ alone uh, for forgiveness of our sins. But when we look at the scriptures, there is so much more depth uh, to salvation. There's, there's so much more of the grace and mercy of God uh, to be seen as we study the word of God. And we can see our salvation explained more deeply in talking about things like imputed righteousness, uh, justification, sanctification, uh, propitiation, redemption. These seemingly big words, but they're all in Scripture, and they all explain the depths of our salvation. And, there, and there's so many more than even those that I've, that I've mentioned. And all these biblical teachings that expand our knowledge about what Christ has done. And I'm, I'm convinced that this is what Paul was after when when he prayed for the churches, and he often prayed for the churches and for wisdom and knowledge and understanding that they would have those things, he was praying that God would give them those things in greater measure. Uh, and as Paul gives thanks to God for the salvation of the Christians in Ephesus, he prays that they would have this wisdom and, and more knowledge. And then in Ephesians 1:18 uh, and 19, he says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his might? 
These are the things that Paul would pray for the churches, that they would not only <clears throat> have the, the gospel in its simplest form, but that they would continue to grow in knowledge and understanding of, of the depths of their salvation and, and what God has done. Um, and, and you see, when we, when we do gain knowledge from the word of God, it, it, it all makes Christ more glorious. Uh, it, it makes him more glorious in our eyes. It, it makes him more loving in our eyes, more wonderful in our eyes, and we respond with more praise for him. And that's why I wanted to briefly uh, discuss justification, uh, to give us another thing to be thankful for uh, and to praise God for as we gain understanding. And when we think of justification, we usually think of someone who has done something that is called into question. Then they give reasons why they were right in doing whatever it was that they did. In their own eyes, uh, they were right or justified in doing this thing, but they're after something else. Um, they're after other people seeing them as justified, maybe to avoid unpleasant consequences. Uh, they're trying to convince others to see them as being right. Um, and looking at our sin, we're not in the right before God. Uh, remember, we are unrighteous and need the righteousness of Christ. The biblical understanding of justification is, um, is that it is a judicial term. In our culture, you stand before a judge when you commit crimes and plead your case, and the judge determines whether your actions were justified or, uh, or unjustified. And in a similar way, this is what happens with God regarding our sin. God is the judge of all mankind, uh, and only he can make judgments regarding our sin. It does not matter how we see ourselves um, or if, if we think we should be seen as, as right before God. The only thing that matters is uh, the one who is to judge. God alone has the right to judge. Justification is a, is a divine act where God, holy and righteous, declares a believing sinner to be righteous and acceptable before him. Not something we convince God of, a, a fact that he, it's a fact that he declares to be so because we have had the righteousness of Christ imputed to us by faith. We cannot declare this for ourselves. We cannot accomplish this for ourselves. It is a gift of God. And Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we learn that justification comes by faith, just like righteousness comes by faith. Righteousness and justification, they're, they're interconnected, sometimes even interchangeable in, in biblical texts. How do we earn the right to be justified? We don't. It is a gift of God. Romans 3, 23 and 25 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, usually we stop there, but, but Paul goes on, right? Uh, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. 
again, we see that big word there, propitiation. And basically that just means that Christ was put forward as a, as a propitiation. He was put forward as this, uh, the means to satisfy God's judgment, satisfy God's wrath. He took our place. Uh, and so by doing what he did, he, he became our, a propitiation for us. He satisfied the wrath of God. And I want to go back to a mo- for a moment to, to the, what I read in Romans 5.1. There's something else we learn there about justification. Why is justification important? In fact, the most important thing. Because of the result. The result of God declaring a sinner righteous uh, by their faith in the righteousness of Christ is that we have peace with God. Why do we need peace with God? Well, we had the expectation of God's wrath and judgment because of sin. Eternal punishment in hell, bringing about the most dreadful weight of fear, of pain, of suffering, and torment, which we rightly deserve because of our sin. Hell is a place created by God where he punishes sinners for eternity. But when we're justified by God, declared righteous by God as a gift of grace and mercy, we no longer have that expectation of eternal punishment and judgment in hell. We now have the expectation of eternal rest with him. His wrath no longer abides on us because he put it on his own son. We have peace with God. Without justification, none of us would be saved because we're not righteous. We have no claim to salvation. Yet God declares you righteous in his sight by grace through faith in the work of Christ on the cross. And if you're a believer, it's not that you can have peace with God. No, you have peace with God. That's what the scripture says. He has declared it, and he is the only one who can declare it. You were guilty, and you were a guilty sinner. And now you're a sinner justified by faith. Look at how Titus explains this. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Do you hear that language? The goodness and loving kindness of our of God our Savior appeared and saved us according to his own mercy. We've been washed clean. He justified us by his grace. And instead of eternal hell, we have become heirs, children of God, 
with unsurpassed hope of eternal life. We've been born again, regenerated, it says, and the Spirit of God has been poured out on us and done so richly. We're not justified because we're worthy. We're justified because God has declared us justified as a gift through faith in Christ. The scriptures tell us that Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness and that it was written down in the scriptures that we would know that, that we would have understanding of, of that. And Paul says in Romans 4, 25, excuse me, Romans 4, 24 and 25, <clears throat> that it, faith, will be counted to us also as righteousness. Faith will be counted to us um, who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Isn't it amazing that God has provided salvation in such a way as to take away all human boasting? The way God saves sinners produces worship and praise for him. It brings glory to him, honor to him. He is so worthy of those things. And this, of course, isn't a, an exhaustive study of the doctrine of justification, but I wanted to, to bring this to you today. I want this, the teaching of justification in the scriptures uh, it, to, to come to light to you if you haven't understood them before, or perhaps if you have and maybe haven't thought about it in a while. My desire is that you'll look again at what the scriptures say about justification and have your hope in Christ elevated to new heights in light of this wonderful doctrine of justification. There are many things about our salvation, many, many big words in the scripture about our salvation that we sometimes skip over because we understand the basics. And sometimes we skip over the deeper things. And I'm encouraging you to go to the scriptures, do a word search for justification, and just look at all the things the scripture says about it. Uh, and, and be renewed in this doctrine. That apart from me, apart from any works I can do, which should be freeing to us, that it's not requiring something from us, it should be freeing. Apart from those works, God declares a sinner righteous. By faith in Christ, he justifies us. It's a wonderful thing. So I hope that you're encouraged today by this. Uh, I've been encouraged as I've read about it again and, and studied on this, and, and I just thought it's something I couldn't really go into in my last sermon because of time, but I wanted to maybe touch on it today. Uh, and I hope that you will take the time to study this further. Um, let, me, let me close in prayer for us. Father in heaven, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the, the richness of, of your word, Lord, that, that we can learn so much about our salvation in Christ. It's so far beyond what we can comprehend even, but you've given us plenty in the scripture to see it and to know it more and more. And Lord, may this direct our praise and worship to you more and more. May we think about these things, Lord, and be reminded and our, have the joy of our salvation renewed to us. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for, 
for our justification, that you give as a gift. Lord, everything you give about our salvation, everything about our salvation is a gift. Lord, you've given us repentance. You've given us faith. You've given us mercy and grace. You've given us justification. You've given us regeneration. Lord, we're born again. You've given that to us as a gift. You've given us eternal life, all in Christ. Thank you, Father. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.